if you work in makeup effects or in special effects, or perhaps you just even love movies, then I hope you know this name. If you don't, you will soon. And the name that I'm referring to is that of Liz Moore. This is 5-Minute Face Talk. I'm Karen, and I've been a film and TV makeup artist for over 25 years now. And inside 5-Minute Face Talk, I'll share the cream of the crop makeup and skincare products, techniques, top tips, and no-nos, and hopefully a giggle or two, all in bite-sized episodes to help you look and feel fab, because life's too short for YouTube videos. Now, Liz created some of the most iconic and memorable movie characters from the modern era. And it's funny, I can't even remember how I discovered Liz in the beginning. It was probably decades ago now and may well have had something to do with another unsung hero of movie special effects and particularly in model making. And that is one Brian Muir. I guess what I want to achieve in this episode is just to share the love for her and show her family some appreciation and recognition recognition for all that is Liz Moore because she did some pretty cool stuff. So let's go back in time to learn about where Liz's remarkable career had its beginnings. So Liz was born in Surrey, England in the 1940s and she attended art school when she was quite young, around 16 I believe. And in that very year her paintings got used in a feature film called The World of Susie Wong. That's pretty wild, right? So at the age of 16 her paintings Paintings were um, sort of optioned to be used as props in in this movie. So I know when I was sixteen, I didn't certainly didn't work on any feature films, and I think this already suggests to us that she was exceptional. So after a few years, Liz moved on to achieve a National Diploma of Design and she studied fine arts and, of course, sculpture. And at that time, she had her work showcased at the Royal Academy of Art. Pretty amazing. If you Google Liz Moore now, one of the first images that pops up are some black and white images that show just how super sassy Liz was. And they may well be images of her with her famous Beatles caricatures that she created sometime in the late 19th. 60s. They seemed to gain a lot of attention and I think the Beatles even saw them themselves. I vaguely remember reading about this somewhere although my memory's a bit foggy so and info on her is pretty scarce as well. Anyway it was around this time that she managed to score her first full-time movie gig and that was on a project directed by this director by the name of Stanley Kubrick. Can you believe it? Liz scored a job working on 2000 2001, A Space Odyssey. And you guessed it, Liz was responsible for sculpting the ethereal and absolutely iconic star child that has become completely synonymous with the film. It's even the poster art image on many versions of the movie. I managed to see the star child in real life at a very comprehensive Kubrick exhibition in Melbourne back in around 2006. And although I was happy to see it's still holding up, what surprised me is how big it is. It's massive. I mean, it's probably three to four feet tall. It's really big. And the colouring quite surprised me as well. And it just goes to show, or it showed me, how much of Kubrick's genius came from his knowledge of cameras, photography and lighting, and also pushing the special effects envelope as he did in the film. 
So a photo exists of Liz with a facial piece from the Dawn of Man sequence, and I can't help but wonder and hope that she may have crossed over into the makeup world a little and that perhaps she worked with Stuart Freeborn at this time, but I'm honestly not sure that we'll ever know now. As if this wasn't enough of a Kubrick bucket list resume show-stopping title, Liz also worked on A Clockwork Orange for Kubrick as well. And to back up a little, I have to tell you about another artist first. So Kubrick had discovered an artist by the name of Alan Jones. Now this artist had produced some pieces that caught Stanley's eye. And he was inspired by Jones to conceptualise the similar female-formed furniture for the Karova Bar set that we see throughout the film. Kubrick wanted these pieces made to replicate the work of Alan Jones, but his offer was basically no pay and a film credit, so Jones turned him down. And somehow at that point Liz stepped in and she sculpted the pieces. So she sculpted the now iconic stark white female figure that we instantly recognise and associate with the clockwork orange. So I can't help but wonder if there's a lesson in there somewhere. I know I worked for free a lot when I started out and I still do on occasion. Probably nothing as cool as the Karova Bar coffee table but there you go. Okay, now onto a little space opera. Do you know where I'm going with this now? The legendary production designer John Barry had just started working on this little space opera. I don't know, maybe you've heard of it now. The title it ended up with was something like Star Wars. Yep. And he ended up approaching Liz to come and work on some characters and prototypes for it. The movie was little known when it was in pre-production and Liz ended up sculpting various prototypes for C-3PO and eventually the final approved suit that would become C-3's signature look. Liz worked alongside prolific English sculptor Brian Muir once again. Brian is a bit of a legend in his own right because he sculpted the Darth Vader helmet. So between the two of them, they created some pretty incredible characters, don't you think? Brian has published quite a few fantastic books that I believe you can still pick up on Amazon. I'll provide the links in the show notes. So together, Liz and Brian worked on the looks of the Stormtrooper helmets that are now synonymous with the mammoth Star Wars franchise. Kubrick, Lucas, where does Liz go next? I mean, how incredible. Liz had such an aptitude. And I must say, even now, there are still very few female sculptors about. So to be one back then in the 1970s is pretty cool indeed. So years after Clockwork Orange was released, Stanley called her up again, this time to work on his upcoming project, Barry Lyndon. Did I mention this is my favourite Kubrick film? So I make no excuses for mentioning it here. And this would be Liz's third project with Stanley. But horrendously, Liz would never sculpt on a movie again, not for Kubrick or anyone else. At the age of just 32, she was killed in a car accident while visiting her then partner in Holland. So sad. She just seemed to be on the up and up and I can't help but wonder where her career would have gone on from there. I do, however, see Liz as something of an inspiration and quite the female trailblazer in the boys club of model making and makeup effects, particularly where sculpting is involved. So if you take a look at the Facebook page that's dedicated to her and kindly run by Lindsay Muir, you really do get a sense of what a sassy character she must have been. So the next time you're watching Star Wars or 2001, give a little nod to Liz because she helped shape the very look and style of these great movies for us decades and decades later. Yeah.